You're listening to a Count Out Podcast. What's up, Curtis? It's time for another electrifying edition of Okada Shorts. Are you ready? Wait a minute. Wait. Wait. Yes. Yes, I am. Ready. <laughs> I, I just double checked. I am ready. Yes. I thought we were almost going to do a real intro for one time, but I guess that's not the case. real intro this is the real intro yeah this, this is, is how the, we roll man this is the real intro man what would you say your favorite faction in new japan is at the moment because i i think i think you i think i know what you're gonna say and i may have had a run-in with them uh this last week and maybe they're not my favorite faction anymore that's all i gotta say wow you had a run-in with just four guys <laughs> No, 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 no. The hottest, the hottest thing, the, the, the vibe. Okay. Our show is vibes, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. And we always talk about like who we vibing with, who I'm vibing with right now is the mighty don't kneel TMDK. I fucking love that shit. The, the TV title match was a fucking beautiful, beautiful moment in time. And uh, I, I, I'm, I'm interested in hearing this. You say you had a run-in with, uh, with TMDK. Well, a TMDK member. So the I'm also all about TMDK at the moment, loving the frontman stuff, loving seeing Mikey and Shane in New Japan. TMDK are a Perth faction. You know, these are, these are my people, right? You'd think I'm a podcaster from Perth. It's very excited. I'm, I'm doing the a show for, for Fringe World here in in Perth, West Australia, and I was very fortunate to be asked to be the referee for two shows over two different nights, WrestleBrainia. It's like a quiz show, I think Spicks and Specs with Power Slams and Suplexes. It's like a fun quiz show with two panels about wrestling, and I'm the referee, so I'm doing the scoring and things like that. Now, of course, it's... All bullshit. <laughs> you know what I mean? We're trying to make it as entertaining as possible while, you know, answering all that shit. And my scoring method was Scott Steinerish at best, I guess you'd say. And it's referee's discretion. <laughs> Steinerific. So, you know, something can happen like uh, Australian uh, TV legend Rove McManus was on the first one. Uh, and there was one game where you have to do a promo in the voice of a wrestler and then sing a song. So it'll be like a famous song and then he will like 
perform it in the voice of a wrestler and then his panel needs to guess who the wrestler is and what the song is. And Rove McManus chose to do uh, Rebecca Black's Friday, but as Andre the Giant. And it was unbelievable. <laughs> and it's just fun. And they let it play out. They milked They're like, I don't quite know who it is. They knew who it was. Like, and it just went for ages and everybody's losing it. And then obviously he gets a giant bonus for doing that, and which was like an extra thousand points to their score and stuff. You know what I mean? I was just, I throw around numbers and I make it interesting and I penalize people for when they don't. You know, they do a bad job or maybe they don't impress me or, or whatever. You know, I, I, I have right of way. Referee's discretion, yeah. And so on the second show, the panel uh, involves one team's wrestler is TMDK's Damien Slater. And then the other team's uh, panel has uh, Harry from Survivor. So on Australian Survivor, there was this guy, Harry. Also on the same season was Grayson Waller who's now in the WWE, NXT champion, I believe. They were both on the same season of Survivor. Both were wrestlers. Though in Survivor, his wrestlers, uh, like his story wasn't being a wrestler. They're like, he's an ice cream guy because it was already a wrestler, but he is a wrestler. So I'm on the panel and <laughs> immediately Slater and I got off on the wrong foot. So uh, I get introduced last as the referee. And as I'm walking out... <clears throat> Damien Slater goes, well, this is what it looks like when you order Eric Rowan off Wish. Ooh. Yeah, I know. <laughs> and, and it was like, ah. Oh. And everybody, just prior to me getting announced, the, the uh, you know, host had said, asked everybody for their favourite wrestling moment. So I, I go, ha, 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 and I'm waving everybody. And I walk around and I walk up to my scene. I get to the mic and I go, hey, Jeff, don't you want to ask me what my favourite wrestling moment was? And he goes, what is your favourite wrestling moment, Rafe? And I go... It was probably when Damien Slater was immediately eliminated in the WWE Cruiserweight Classic by Chijiri. Huge pop from the audience. Oh. Damien Slater's <laughs> unimpressed. <laughs> and so let's just say we got off to the wrong foot, right? And so these barbs would continue. He'd turn around and be like, you better get this one right, boy. And I'd be stuff like, I'm the fucking law around these parts, Slater. And they'd be like, who's your favourite faction or whatever? And somebody would be like, it's TMDK. Damien's fa faction. I'm like, is he even really in the faction if he's not on New Japan World? You know, things like this. You know, fun little jabs just between <laughs> each other. And so anyway, at the end, one of the last questions, was, let's just say his team wasn't doing too well. I think the score as we headed towards the last question was uh, the... The, f the heel team, Damien's team, was on 26 points. I was on 100 points. Uh, someone in the audience was on 100 points. The entire crowd themselves were on 300 points, and the face team was on 2,600 points, something like that. So it wasn't going too well for the heel team. Jesus. And then the last question, was like, it was like a fun question by Jeff. He was like, and the last question in the speed round is, when is the next EPW event? Which is the, you know, the company in Perth that Damo wrestles for. And he goes, I know this one. And then he plugs the event. And then Jeff goes, what's the score now, Rafe? And I went, uh, coming absolute last on zero points for a cheap plug bonus, Negafire, dropping him down and <laughs> taking off his 26 points. Heel team, these guys. And then I think we all know what's going to happen. I come to the front of the stage to announce the face team. I'm like, the winners, 
the face team on 2600 and then a low blow from behind from Damien Slater drops me like a sack of shit. I take a bump on the stage. My notes go everywhere. Fuck it, I'm out. And then he grabs the mic. He's like, I'm sick of this fucking motherfucker and all you people need to recognise that I know. And then Harry jumps to my defence, puts Damien on a sleeper and fucking knocks him out. Fucking puts him out cold. I am revived. I announce the face team and I limp off uh, and everybody goes off happy. Right. So it was a great, it was a great time. But me and Damo, look, we, we squashed the beef afterwards. We realized it was heat of the moment and maybe both of us said things we didn't mean, you know, but there is still a little bit of tension. So I'm just saying it's just dulled the sheen of TMDK a little bit for me. Oh, no. I mean, next up we're going to have, you know, the the that man out here calling you a cunt or something. It's going to be terrible. That prick can never do that. <laughs> <I don't. laughs> Maybe he will. I doubt, well, he, I doubt he'll remember I exist beyond that night. You know, the guy's a big star. Well, he'll, yeah. he'll remember you. And you know why he'll remember you? Why? Because we are the king of shorts, the international wrestling grand prix, the Okada, the Okada shorts podcast. We almost did here today. I almost got through it. Oh fuck! I'm so terrible at this podcast. <laughs> uh, I think you're very good at it. You're just bad at the intro. I'm bad at the intro. I'm bad at the outro. Yeah, uh, but you're not feeling I, well. I do my. And best you also seem to be like texting at the same time as doing the intro, which is a wild choice. But here we are. I'm not. I'm no. I'm. I'm looking at our rundown of uh, talking points. Ah. Rafe sent us out talking points today of what we wanted to cover, mm. and um, at that point is when I remembered. Oh shit! Yeah, we need to do the intro. <laughs> you know, you know, you could just have the intro written down on those notes. I think. Yeah, I I, I started <laughs> writing. You know that outro that I that I used to do. Nah. Um, and then it, I changed it a little bit when we started talking about the Patreon oh, and stuff yeah. like that, and oh, okay. like. I think I'm going to write it all out and mm. commit it to memory and really just go for it. I don't know? know if that's our vibe, though. I feel like our charm lies in our utter unpreparedness and shittiness. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a little bit. I, I just mean, did notes because wanna... I felt like last week, like we finished the episode and we were like, Oh fuck! We were going to talk about like we just completely forgot, went on a tangent, derailed ourselves, and then just never talked about what we were originally going to talk about. Like so, I was like, maybe we'll at least write down the kind of things we want to get to today. Well, well, I mean, last week we wanted to do our you know year in review, which we we've again forgotten this week. We've again forgotten to do it's, it because it we were is, like, we'll do it the it next. It is February now. Yeah. And it's not it's not on the rundown, so we'll next time we record we'll do our year in review. Okay, mm-hmm. it'll it'll be late February, but we'll do our year in review. Mm-hmm. All right, so yeah, look look out for it. Year in review, twenty twenty two. You know, January fifth of uh, two thousand twenty two, all the way up to January fourth, twenty twenty three. We're gonna do it. We're gonna go through. We're gonna say all this not today though and all that stuff. it sounds like we're going to do it today, today but, but we're not going to do no, it today on the 10th of february <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna do it fucking down <laughs> the, the track 24th <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna do it around the 24th of february provided we remember that's when it makes sense yeah that's exactly. when it makes sense it is gonna Next make time. sense um there's a chance we'll never so do it. 
there's a chance we're never going to, there's a chance that this might just be a running, running gag. And like in June, we'll be talking about it. We're going to get to our, we do. If we're going to get it happening though, we probably need to do it next time. Just because like, I don't know how many days, hang on, let me look at this little thing. I have like 48 days till I'm in Japan. So like time is fucking short. Like it is coming in hot. Short. How short? <laughs> as short as you need it to be. A card of level. Yeah. Tai Chi revealed trunk short is how short that that weight is. Ooh. Mm. Mm-hmm. Uh so speaking so. of very short uh and and Okada, we got proven fucking wrong by the Noah show, huh? Fuck, we did. We were on a tear last episode, being like, is this fucking piece of shit gonna be worth the money? Dude. It was a good show. And it's like the hottest angle in fucking wrestling. (laughs) Yeah. Immediately, like, everyone's like, we're going to finally get a big crossover event. We're going to Kaido Kiyomiya and Okada and all the, like, yeah, man, we, we're going to take our L and fucking hang our hats on that because, uh, you know, we, we were wrong. We wanted to know if, um, we wanted to know if, it was going to be worth it. We didn't think it would. Evidently it was. And um, L. L I, on us. Clown I would emoji, say. Uh, yeah. Cope and seethe. You know what? It, it was a bit of an L on us. But I would say New Japan have still got to build up a little bit of goodwill with me when it comes to paying the money for the extra shows. Because there is a track record of them not being good. Yeah. So this was. And that's awesome. And. And X over crossover was, but I need to see a few things. Maybe Battle in the Valley's got good production value. Maybe a few other things. You know what I'm saying? Like before we're throwing around extra money and stuff, I kind of need to know that that's now the standard. Like if it slides back and you're seeing like B level strong style footage and things like that, then I'm I'm not gonna be impressed or or willing to do it. But it sounds like the model's changing anyway, right? Like when it comes to American stuff anyway, it sounds like they're going to be doing it as a a pay-per-view thing. But then if you don't want to pay for it, it just gets released in chunks on New Japan World following up to it, yeah? I mean, I understand. I understand why they're doing it. And I apologize for whatever I said about how it might not be worth it. I should have known better. It was worth it last year. We had a, like, it was good times. It was even, it was worth even more this year. It's all cool. It's fine. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I just, who are you apologizing just, I, I, to? Fuck we, him. Like I said, if we were, if we were a bigger podcast, we'd have people in our mentions right now, you know, here's your L clown emoji, cope and seethe, you know, <laughs> Look at these fucking I would assholes. love that. I would love that if people were throwing our shit takes in our face. I think that would be amazing. Oh, man. Ice cold fucking takes on us, eh? Ah, well. You know what? We're out here to just put our thoughts into the world as they happen. Like you said, vibes, good or bad. So, yeah. But uh, I, I'm happy to be proven wrong. I always want New Japan to win. I always want good wrestling to watch. Um, that angle was hot as fuck. It was awesome. There were some great matches. Um, and, and I found the entire thing, even like, you know, certain outcomes and stuff are predictable because it's 
crossover type stuff. Still had heaps of fun. Like, I felt like it was maybe the best Bushi match I've ever seen. Like, you know, like the like every the entire card felt like everybody was out to outdo the other company. So even like the lower tag stuff all the way through had just like this spice to it that I, I really enjoyed. Yeah, um, these crossover shows, when they do them, um, you know, sometimes they can seem a little bit predictable. They can seem like, uh, oh, we we know that, you know, nobody important's going to get pinned or anything like that. And, and we even talked about that last time. And they kind of turned that on its head. They said, uh, you know what, we're going to have Sonata get pinned and it's going to, you know, wherever he goes from here, that's going to hang over him and that's going to be his story for a while coming up. Um, I noticed you you put on here that you wanted to talk about Sonata. Yeah. And that shocked me a little bit. Yeah, okay. So I know that's not something that would normally come, but I was listening to the <laughs> We Work Stiff podcast this week. and Shout out to friends of the podcast, it, We Work Stiff. What exactly. up, John? Exactly. What up, team? Um, love that show. Can't recommend it enough. Uh, but in their discourse, they were talking about Sonata, that exact stuff, like the kind of losing streak that Sonata's been on, uh, if you haven't listened to WeWork Stiff before, they really like sort of break down character stuff. That's their whole thing, small interactions and looks, and they're always following the story narrative more than breaking down matches and stuff. But um, I love it. I love, I love when it. they do that stuff. Yeah, it's it's wicked. They they really go deep on it, and it's killer. Um, and in the, in their kind of thing, they've been talking about the ongoing storyline of Sonata, the kind of... Uh, sort of dissension that he's slowly been having with L.I.J. Um, and and his losing streak and him, you know, saying things like, you know, I need to change or become something else or be my best self or whatever. Um, and then they were like, maybe come this, you know, Keiji Muto is, is a huge figure in Sonata's life and a mentor and stuff like that. We're about to go to Keiji Muto's retirement show. Naito has him in the main event. Is there an opportunity here where we see Naito disrespecting, you know, Keiji in a way that Sonata does not approve of and he gets involved and we see, you know, him turn from LIJ? Would also be a great way for Muto to not lose his last match, which I think he would fucking be about, if I'm honest, because... Brother's out here working at the moment. He's in wheelchairs. He's like, I don't know if I'm going to be able to do my last match because I've got a sore leg and a back and a thing. Like, he, every excuse in the world to, like, lay down in his last match. But maybe they shoot some kind of angle or maybe it's coming not far off and it's the reason for it. And they're, then they're like, is there the potential here for us to see Sonata win the New Japan Cup? And the moment those words left their fucking... Lips traveled into a microphone, traveled through all the wires, into my fucking Bluetooth and out of my fucking speakers. I messaged Josh and I was like, don't you put that fucking juju into the world. <laughs> I'm going to Sakura Genesis. I do not need a fucking Sonata Okada main event at the fucking Ryagoku Hall. I'm taking don't friends. Don't put that evil on don't me. Don't put that evil on me. I'm fucking traveling across the world. I've convinced friends to not do other things to go to this fucking show because I'm like, it is going to be banging and a great thing to go to. And if that's the main event, I'm going to be shuffling them out the fucking doors 
before it even starts. <laughs> like, I have seen the chemistry between Okada and Sonata, and unless there is a drastic change from Sonata, it's not something I need to see in person. I noticed that we both have our dogs in our lap right now. We dog cast today. We do. Mochi and Frankie, friends across the world. Oh, you can hear Mochi licking my microphone. I can hear Mochi licking the microphone. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> so I think you would agree with me, but that's not exactly the sizzling main event that I would be looking for at Sakura Genesis. No. It's not It's not very sexy. It's not uh, very sexy at all. It's the opposite of um, sexy. Pants, pants. Uh, I mean, it's that. sexy that. in that they are both two sexy men. But it's not sexy as in the wrestling would be a stale as fuck. Unless Sonata changes everything about himself. Sonata. Yeah, it's a different sort of Sonata. Maybe we'll see the great uh great Sano or something like that, and it'll be Sonata's like great Muda version of himself. Maybe. I don't know. If I see a paradise lock, I'm fucking you you see the clips of like when they're fucking in the hall setting the pillows on fire and throwing them into the ring? That'd be fucking me. Solo just running around the fucking place trying to burn the ring down. <laughs> just like a paradise lock that somehow turns into a money clip. And then you just hear Rafe going, Oh god <laughs> Let's burn this fucker down. <laughs> like you just as I just start up a rebellion in the fucking stands. <laughs> yeah, no, that's that's too much to deal with. That would yeah. be really bad. It's too much um, to deal with. So I, I'm yeah, already, we're giving that. it too much air. We're, we're fucking speaking it into reality. So I don't want to talk about it anymore. Like they're, they're checking the fucking, you know, the internet stats and the algorithms and stuff and being like, there's a lot of discourse on social media about Sonata at the moment. Guess the fans love him. It's New Japan Cup winner. Yeah, they love. Yeah. We're not. We we don't actually speak English, and we have people who will speak English, but we don't want to subject them to this fucking podcast. Yeah, we'll just, just hear that they keep saying Sonata. <laughs> good or bad, that works. For the record, though, I love Sonata. I love everybody on the New Japan roster. I just don't want to see him in the main event of Sakura Genesis when I'm there in the house. But. Hey, maybe this we were fucking wrong about not. Maybe it turns around. Fucking Sonata pulls the hottest angle in wrestling since fucking Okada and Kiyomiya. And um, and then everybody's talking about how Sonata's like the new fucking coolest guy in New Japan. You know? Maybe changes up his moveset. I don't know what happens, but yeah. Um, Before we... Well, let's... Uh, oh, oh, but I was going to say, before we go into no, anything no, else... Please. Is there anything else? Because I mean, a bit of time has passed, but is there anything else you want to say about that interaction on the Noah show? Because I feel like it's one of the, if not the hottest angles in wrestling going now. And the entire interaction was just so fucking cool and brought out a side of Okada we've never seen. And the intensity between both guys was like, this is how you do this shit. Like... I, ju I just feel like yes. we, we need to just touch on it a little bit. You know, it's cooled down a bit now. Obviously, it's been like a, you know, a couple of weeks, but it's still a very real, you know, thing. Yeah, they they said that, uh, who was it? Someone someone on the internet on Twitter had said that that was uh, Togi Makabe's craziest way to get out of taking a bump in a, in a nothing tag team match. <laughs> That's not incorrect. Lulled. Um. 
yeah, no, it was so weird seeing Okada just lit up like that. Like normally he's very workmanlike. Yeah. He's, you know, ready to go. He'll, he'll get excited. He'll get, you know, uh, animated, but he's never pissed off. Yeah. That was a, a side of Okada that you just don't see, you yeah. know, he's the top of the mountain. He doesn't need to get fucking angry. People come to him. Yeah. And he was just like, I'm going to fuck you up, little man. Yeah. And it was so wild to see. Um, you see that switch yeah, flipping no, was... him, right? Like when fucking Kiyomiya finally has enough. He's over on the ring. He's been disrespected. He wanted to start against Okada. Okada's not having it. And he's been disrespecting him for like a year since their first one, you know? Just little barbs and shit in the media. Like, who's Noah? I don't follow that. I only follow big time shit. Then he won't face him. And then he's got him in the lock with his back to him. So he's not even looking at him. And then, then Kiyobi gets it. And he's like, you know what? Fuck this motherfucker. And gets in there and gives him a couple of kicks. And Akata's just ignoring him, not even looking at him. And then he just goes, fuck this dude. And just kicks him in the face as hard as he fucking can. And you see Akata go, oh, yep. And then he fucking sees the blood. He's like, this boy about to get it. And then he fucking goes ballistic. Yep. He's like, my beautiful face. Nobody like, makes me bleed my own blood. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh my Nobody God. makes was, me bleed my own blood. It was wild. Yeah, yeah. It was. It Nobody was. makes me bleed my own blood. That's, what, that's exactly what happened. And then he's, the shots he was throwing on him and stuff. And then it was also how you do a pull apart. Like, I've seen thousands of fucking pull aparts, you know, in WWE and, and things like that over the years. But it just felt like way more intense uh, and then, like, there's a few parts where we cast like, "Yep, yep, no, nah, you're right. I'm gonna walk this way," and then just fucking runs around the ring and fucking comes around and drop kicks <laughs> him in the head. And, shit. and then when he's when they're finally pulled apart, and you know, Kimia gets on the microphone and he's like, "We're gonna have a match," and blah blah blah. And then Okada doesn't even have a mic, and he's just yelling, and he's just got this like laughing look on his face, like you know if you've been in a real fight or, or like something like that happens and you see it all the time and you've been punched and you're kind of like laughing, but you're angry and you're like, no, fuck yeah. you. Like, I'm not giving you anything. Like, yeah, it was just, and then the footage backstage where they're trying to film him, he slaps a camera out of a dude's hand and stuff. It was really cool to see that, you know, Rainmaker facade crumble and him just be like so pissed off. Yeah. The, the, what is it? Work shoot, you know, aspect of it. Yeah. Like people were like, "Oh, was that was that real? Yeah. Like, was did he just Ricky Choshu that motherfucker? Yeah. Like, it's it's so crazy to see, like how they can. We all know what professional wrestling is, yeah. But it's those moments that make us forget what professional wrestling is that make us love what professional wrestling is, yeah. And that was one of them. We all want to get worked. And it like, was... that, that's what it is, you know? And, like, mm-hmm. I think that they used, like, our discourse again, like, about the Noah show against us. Because our kind of take, and I think a lot of people's kind of take, is that, like, nothing's going to happen. It's a crossover show, wrestling politics. No one's taken a fucking L, you know? It'll just be by the numbers. And... And to be fair, whenever these things happen, that's normally how it fucking goes. And that's really sort of how it went on the first Noah crossover show. So then they used it against us. They're like, oh, everybody's, you know, there's a bit of tension and blah, blah, blah. And you're like, yeah, whatever. And then like when the tension was really there, you're like, oh, yo, this is like, this is what this could be. And it's really cool. And I, mm-hmm. I honestly don't know how far they're going to take it. 
people will be like, oh, you know, like they can't put the titles on the line and they can't do anything. It feels like everything's off the table, you know? Like, they're like, oh, well, surely Okada will win is the biggest star. And so, maybe not. You don't know what deals, like what long-term plans are going between the show, the companies that are obviously planning to do more together. They're like writing angles and stuff, you know? And like, no one rocking up on Wrestle Kingdom, like backstage and different things. Like, they're, they're doing stuff. So... Who says that they don't go, the whole deal between Noah and New Japan isn't like, yo, we can do whatever you guys want, but the one thing we want is to just get Kiyomiya over. We need a new star. And if you, you know, it's not going to fucking hurt Okada to lose to Kiyomiya at like a Noah show. You know, like what what does it matter? Like, so imagine if that happens, like even if not for titles or whatever, but like that makes Kiyomiya's career. For Okada, it's just another win in a million wins, you know? Like, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. It's very interesting. I, I I just, I wish that we lived in a world where all the companies could. So, so they're playing a lot. They're playing, playing along. They're playing together. They're playing nicely right now. But it would be so cool to live in a world where just, Big upset, Kiyomiya is now the IWGP World Heavyweight title holder. I would love it. Like, holy shit, bro. I mean... The internet would... Why not? Puro Twitter would fucking light itself on fire. Like, why why not? You know what I mean? Like, it's all a fucking work. Like, why not do it? Like, there's a lot of value in that. You know what I mean? There's a lot of value in making people talk. And so, and then you can still yep. use that to shine up another New Japan wrestler, be it Okada or anyone else. Kiyomiya upsets Okada in some way. He's the IWGP champion. And then that's a kind of a good way to like get the belt off Okada again because then anybody else can take it and then you put Okada back in the chase again. You know what I mean? Like there's, there's things you can do or then Okada just, takes it back from the next side. Like, who cares? Like, it's it doesn't matter, yeah. but it would have people talking, you know? Yeah. And, I mean, I don't know where they're going to go with this. We don't, we, I, I, we're not really a predictions kind of show. Um, but the only prediction I can give you right now is that the next time they have a crossover show with Noah and New Japan, I'll be plopping down the fucking money for it. Man. Like, I, Prove me wrong. When, when, me like, wrong. when is that show coming? Like, the Kiyomiya Okada... Because they have achieved what they wanted. We're going to fucking watch that show when it comes out. Like, that... I'm not going to wait two weeks for that because that's now a must-watch match, you know? And the, that whole show's got crossover with All Japan, crossover with Noah, crossover with New Japan, all on the same thing. Like, that's going to be banging. Yeah. Yeah. Now the uh I, they were talking about doing it at the Muto retirement show mm-hmm. and Okada was like, "No, I'm not doing this at a fucking Noah show. <laughs> like you can come to a fucking New Japan show." Yeah, but it was so on a poster. I don't know what's going on. It was on know. a poster. Kiyomiya was like, "I'm a fucking make him come." So like whether he starts like rolling up on like at new new beginning in Osaka is tomorrow. Whether he rolls up again like He's like, I'm just gonna piss him off until he comes. Like, fuck, that's so cool. That's so fucking cool, man. That's so cool. Oh god, Kiyomiya is bad, dude. He is. But yeah, do you? Uh, we probably um, can't find well, it quickly. When when is this show? I want to fucking see it. 
when, how do I find it? I'm not good at the Noah and, you know. A.G. Muto Retirement. Show. When? Show me. Dome. Full card. February 21st. I think it's February 21st. It's it's very soon. Yeah. It's at Last Love. Bye-bye, Last Love. Yeah. Show me the fucking lineup. Show it to me. Okay. Where is it? Reveal your secrets. Yeah, exactly. This is Riveting Radio. Um, Is this it? No, this ain't fucking it, bro. This ain't it, bro. I don't know. I don't know. He's had 50 fucking retirement matches. I can't. I. It's not my responsibility. To <laughs> yeah. is, is it grand final? I don't fucking know. Tell me. Retirement match. Yes. It's February 23rd is last love. Uh, and that is the one where the final two matches are Okada versus Kiyomiya and Keiji Moto versus Tetsuya Naito. So yeah, there's some there's some shit going down, man. There's some shit going down. I I wonder if they're actually like now that they've started advertising that match. I guess it would be kind of shitty to pull Okada from it now, but that's that's not a not a title match, is it? Does not say. I would I would think not. Um, but hey, you never know. You never know. I would be severely like, really surprised if they put their title online and like. You know, on the line in like a, not a, it's, is it even a Noah show? You know what I mean? It's like a Kajimoto show. But hey, you never know what will happen. But it all. Um, it's the Tokyo Dome. Yeah. And it speaks to like Okada's fucking vibe, right? You know what I mean? Him being like, I don't care if it's announced. I'm not, I'm not going. I don't give a fuck. So we will see. Yeah. yeah. I, I wonder if they do have him show up at, uh, which is it Osaka tomorrow? Yes, it is Osaka tomorrow, which I'm devastated about because I was looking forward to watching it live and I've just been informed by my wife that I have to go to a thing and I'm like, can I not do the thing and instead do this? So we'll see. I think I have to go though. Fuck. Well, prayers up to you, bro. I'll just go into full media blackout and then watch it when I get home, I think. Guess so. Uh, I will not be able to watch it live either because I will be in Wales. That's right. But we'll talk about that a little bit more on Drop Your Shorts, yes, uh, which right. is our Patreon exclusive show. Exactly, where we talk, so, uh, don't talk about New Japan and we talk about anything else. <laughs> yeah, that's where we talk about everything, like dogs. Uh, so, so we've got Osaka coming up. Do you want to talk about Osaka first, or do you want to talk about uh, what happened in Sapporo? Uh, let's just quickly give an overview of Sapporo, just because the New Beginning shows were really fun. You know, I don't think we need to get into all the details, but I do think there were a couple of good matches there, and would really recommend people check out those, uh, especially Tai Chi and Osprey. I really love that. Um, I've I've made a note on our thing that just says three crown bomb because I <laughs> I'm not really one to yep. uh, like go back. I don't really know all my uh, four pillar history and things like that. And but I I had not seen that particular move before, and it, it was fucking hardcore. Man. Yeah, what do you, well what you're talking about is uh, during the Taichi and Osprey match, uh, Osprey does a. Uh, 
Tiger Driver to Tai Chi. Uh, Tiger Driver uh, 98. Tiger Driver 98 he did to Osprey. Or Osprey did to Tai Chi, which is a Mitsuharu Misawa move. Uh-huh. Uh, of course, Tai Chi was trained by uh, Toshiaki Kawada, my motherfucker. Uh-huh. So I love Toshiaki Kawada. That's my pillar. Okay. And um, when that happened, uh, he he went, uh, Tai Chi went full, like, that's my senpai, you motherfucker. And, like, did what's, like, Kawada's, like, ultimate spike finisher, which was the the uh, triple crown bomb, or the, as I, I've always called it, the Gonzo bomb. And, and um, so do you want me to tell you a little bit more please. about the Gonzo bomb? I love it. Yes, please. Maybe maybe so, part of this <clears throat> podcast should be my slow education into the pillars because I have I've seen stuff but I've never really done a deep dive on on their shit. So this was uh, January of ninety nine, mm-hmm. and uh, Misawa was the champion at the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, he had beaten he had beaten Kawada. Uh, for the belt, um, I mean, multiple times. They they wrestled, I think at that point, they'd had like something like 13, 14 singles matches. Oh, wow. And Kawada has only ever beaten Misawa like twice, ever. Oh, okay. So it's, it's. I mean, everybody knows everybody. If you know anything about Puro, you've heard of the four pillars. Of course. Um, you know, uh, Misawa, he's... <clears throat> He's just got Kawada's number, mm-hmm. okay? So they're, you know, it's frustrating for Kawada, and he's trying and trying and trying to do anything he possibly can to get one over on Misawa finally. So what happens is uh, about seven or eight minutes into the match, Misawa tries to fight out of, like, a, it's a rear waist lock. Mm-hmm. And Kawada just turns around and spinning back fist Misawa right in the fucking face. Yeah. And in doing so, Kawada breaks his arm. Oh, just breaks his arm right over. Yeah, breaks his like arm shoot over. Breaks his arm. Uh, shoot breaks his arm. Oh my god. Breaks his. It was his ulna, which is a bone in the forearm. Yeah. And um, like it's subtle. It's there. Right, like you know, these these guys wrestlers are insane. They yes. will go through fucking anything. Kevin Nash filmed a movie after he got stabbed, yeah. so like these guys can go through fucking anything. And if Kevin and Nash, so the Kawada, least motivated person in the world, could fucking do that, imagine what somebody like fucking Kawada could do. <laughs> so he, yeah, he's they Masawa's got Kawada in a. Rear waist lock. Kawada spins around, fucking back fist Misawa in the face, breaks his arm over Misawa's face. Jesus. Continues wrestling. About 15 minutes later, Kawada goes for a power bomb, but because one of his arms is fucking broken, yeah. he couldn't lift Misawa all, all the way for it. And Misawa was so exhausted by that point that he could not get out like a Frankensteiner or anything like that off. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, like, it just kind of happened. Kawada, like, drops to his knees, and Misawa gets dropped directly onto his fucking, uh, like, his head. Oh. It's, um, it's got to be the most dangerous move, like, ever. Yeah. Like, that and, like, the burning hammer, I guess, if, yeah. if done improperly, could end people's lives. Yeah. Um, 
So it started yeah, it's just, as a botch. It's just a nasty. Yeah. And he, he only ended up doing it. I think it's. Give me a second. Uh, five, five times. Uh, sorry. Uh, no, three times. Three, three times. times is he's only ever used the he only ever used it three times and he never actually won a match with it, which is pretty fucked. Really, but, I yeah, like it's... that fucking Tai Chi called on that. That's awesome. I thought the whole story of that match was really cool because it was like. Tai Chi swimming in waters that he's just not quite ready for. You know what I mean? It was just a bit too deep, the water for him. And he was just pulling out everything he can, and his fighting spirit was second to none. And he, like, went out a hero and gave it everything he could, you know, standing up, waving off the ref, all that stuff in his hometown. But he just he just wasn't quite ready, you know? And But there's those glimmers of things. And it's funny that, like... Seeing the elevation of Tai Chi in the very first podcast episode I ever recorded for Faces and Feels years ago, it was just called like, uh, what did I call it? How to get into New Japan or what's up with New Japan or something like that. And it was just me talking about my fandom of New Japan and kind of the way the company works a little bit. And I referenced Tai Chi in that episode. I talked about how threads get weaved in over years and one of my favorite parts tai chi always stood out like as like the fucking slimy you know right hand man of suzuki and when suzuki gun returned to new japan which was around the time i i first started going to shows so when i first went to karakun hall was like one of the first shows after they had returned so I'm there and like entire Suzuki Gun comes out and like fucking Suzuki is terrifying and we're like, yo, we're like right there a couple of rows back and it was really, really cool. But in they go on to that um that match where it's Suzuki versus Okada for the title, and Okada comes in with all his pageantry, all Suzuki Gun in there, and he gets to the bottom of the ramp and Tai Chi is standing there and he's like looking at him and kind of smirking at him. And Okada looks him up and down and then just walks around him, just like he's fucking nothing. And I was like, these are the little seeds that get planted, and now watch as Tai Chi's life continues, and I'm like, watch the growth of this character, right? And it almost is. It's like, to me, that was like the beginning of him letting go of being that slimy fucking sunglasses-wearing sniveling dude and then his road into that, like, King's Road, strong style, fighting Tai Chi that he's become. And then look at him now, you know? We're talking six, seven years later, and he's the fucking second coming of Kawada, you know? Like, it, it's really impressive to just see them slowly tell these arcs over so much time, and then to hear that he's, like, calling back on stuff from the dude that, you know, influenced him is really awesome because was he Kawada's young boy? I've, I've heard stories he was like a dude's young boy and not treated well, like when he was coming up. He was, he, I, I don't think it was specifically his young boy. He was trained by Kawada. Right, okay. And evidently Kawada is not, a, he's no one to be trifled with. Like okay. if you're, you know, if you're in his dojo, you're going to get fucking worked. Yeah. And evidently he did get worked 
yeah. all the fucking time is what they well, yeah. what they say they say he's he was a strict headmaster you know? yeah exactly and i mean think about that right if there's that kind of reputation and things and, and people used to be like tai chi can't wrestle tai chi go home all that kind of stuff what kind of dedication does it take for that motherfucker to go through everything who wasn't the most like electrifying wrestler to begin with to get to where he is now you know like to go through that to never give up to not quit all of these things like to be the guy that's in ready to kiss and singing his way to the ring and being a phantom of the opera and all this stuff because it's, it's i imagine what he's given you know to get to where he is now is pretty fucking impressive and like and speaks to the dedication you know and he's he's made some pretty crazy fucking choices throughout his career like he didn't start in the New Japan Dojo. Obviously, like I said, he was training under uh, under Kawada. He started in the All Japan Dojo. Yeah. And he like left All Japan to come to New Japan at a time when New Japan was down in the fucking dumps, man. Mm-hmm. Like he left to you know come to New Japan at the height of Enochiism when fucking there was nobody in the crowd. Yeah. You know? This is the he, this is the black sites, right? This was him, right? Ishii. Honma and Milano. Who was the? Um, it's Shibata. Was it Shibata? Or was it Milano? I, th- I feel Fuck. like it was Milano. I don't remember. Yeah, exactly. We know. We know. Historians over here. Charlton. Fucking <laughs> listen to us with our podcast. Don't know fucking shit. Yeah, exactly. Um, I'm, I've never claimed to be an expert, and if you're after that here, but you know what? Come along the ride as we learn, because now. I'm starting to fucking get one on about this and I feel like you might be the perfect person to guide me through. Because I have tried to sort of go back. Everybody always talks about 90s All Japan and all that that shit. And I've watched stuff, but it just seems like so much stuff, you know, like to get through and it's like I need sort of like a linear path to kind of get through it all, you know? Ooh, um that might be a bit much i mean like really like you can actually a linear path might be the best way to do it because of the story threads going through each match mm-hmm. now that i think about it huh. yeah um but but no like yeah he will work crazy choices in his life <laughs> yeah, we yeah will. exactly we will. yeah good but maybe so be a segment. crazy choices in that career mm-hmm. and he yeah leaving all japan to come to new japan when when New Japan was down in the dumps. Um, this this Phantom of the Opera gimmick, um, whole matches where he, you know, does his best not to even touch his fucking opponent. Like, and now, like you said, he's he's out here and he's channeling one of the four pillars. Yeah, in a match with possibly the most athletic wrestler of all time. It, it uh, was it was a smart choice wild. too to call back to that to to give that to the fans watching it. He knew it would be probably one of his biggest matches to date. Osprey just coming off that huge match with Kenny, he knew he had to bring it. You know. Yeah, yeah, he definitely did, and I I think uh, mission accomplished, man. Like he yeah. looked like an absolute stud. Mm-hmm. Um, like I was sitting there and I was watching it, and I'm I'm thinking, first thing he comes out with a all white. I knew you'd you know, be uh, the odd one about that. Cape. I was like, oh, Liberace, look at this motherfucking yeah. opulence. I was I was disappointed um, that the gear beneath was not also white, but, you know, you got to build up to it. He knew he wasn't going to win. Yeah. So. 
will get there. Um, and he, he looks, he looks like a million bucks. He comes out and like, it's just, it's just four guys, you know, it's, it's, it's just one tai guy. Chi. It's just one guy. Yeah. But uh, like his, his entire faction is just like a bunch of also rams, you know, like um, Doki's never won a, won a title, which we'll get back to that. But I think he's going too soon and it's going to be a fucking thing. Um, he's got Takamishinoku, someone who's disgraced. He's got, uh, you know, Yoshinobu Kanemaru, who is fucking fantastic, who is an absolute stud, but he's over the hill. Yeah. And then he comes out and he like, he could just be like lower mid card curtain jerk guy. And no, he comes out and he looks like a fucking stud. Yeah. He looks like he could be the dude who challenges Okada for the title next. Like, Absolutely. if he had won that match, I, I would not, uh, I, I wouldn't even bat an eye. You know, if if Okada's there and he's you know talking about how he's just defeated uh, Shingo Takagi and he's looking for his next opponent, out wanders fucking Taichi. Like he wouldn't look out of place. He wouldn't look out of place. I don't. I don't think he's in the. I don't think he's quite elevated himself where you'd say he's in the conversation to actually win that belt yet. But he's definitely in the upper upper mid, you know, lower high challenger status for real. And I don't think there's any reason he couldn't hold any of the other belts at all. Yep. Yeah, yep. Absolutely. He's elevated himself. Dude, he needs a fucking icy title. Yeah. That would be perfect. It it's white. So much. <laughs> it's white. Like even if you went black, you know, the black and regular Tai Chi, you know, outfit, that white belt would look so fucking good on him, dude. He needs that opportunity. God damn it. And then talking about doking Kanemaru, like you said, Kanemaru may be over the hill, but dude, that again is one of the better junior tag matches I've seen. That was a fucking tour de force. And Kanemaru was the fucking glue that held that entire thing together. He is yeah. just so fucking good, man. He's so smart. You know, he's not a flashy wrestler, but like all the leg stuff he was doing and things like that, he's just so fucking good. Like, and you can I think any. Any heel coming up in the business right now needs to watch Kanemaru. Yeah. Just 100%. And see the fact that they, they go, you know Kanemaru. what, Doki? You're going on the fucking Desperado train. Fucking hook on to fucking Kanemaru, and he's going to teach you exactly the same way he did Despy. You know what I mean? And yep. it's like, and you'll fucking go on there too, bro. And that match, I mean, except for the part where Despy basically dived onto his own fucking head, was, was really fucking good. Like and it's like it yeah stupid. they're just four yeah, guys but they're skill. they're getting some great matches so it's they're they're a faction to watch because I don't think just four guys is the finished product like I think this is like a sort of holding pattern and and something else is going to happen. I hope you're right. I hope you're right. But they've but they've made just four guys like merch and stuff at guess this what point, they so. they made fucking y2 aj shirts for one day in the wwe if fucking the if the wwe could do it why why can't uh well they made fucking robbie eagles <laughs> they robbie made robbie eagle sniper club fucking shirts on the day he fucking left bullet club was selling them in the fucking venue and then was like no longer in the faction <laughs> 
People are still pissed off about it. They're like, I bought this an hour ago. <laughs> like, he didn't know. He didn't know they were going to fucking cross him to the point where he'd have to jump to chaos and finally be the thing. You know, what's he going to do? So, you know, if you're going to have them there and you're going to hang around, declare a new faction, see what's happening, maybe it's just five guys. Maybe it's just 20 guys. Who knows? Or maybe it's something completely different. I hope so. I, I hope, hope so. so too. I hope I hope that this is uh the the clay that they're molded into. Like the the the, the beginning clay for from which the statue emerges. Yeah. You know? Exactly right. I but, hope that's what it is. Yeah. Um let's uh, let's we'll, we'll finish our final thoughts on on these Sapporo nights and get through. Um I do think the discourse on Shooter was like online was maybe a little harsh. Like, was it the most electrifying main event of all time? No. And, I mean, it did have to follow Taichi and Okada, which is, like, a lot. For a dude who's only just returned from excursion, you know what I mean? Like, to be in, like, that main event slot and over to, like, the best dudes that New Japan have got going, that's a lot to live up to. And also, it's wrestling, like, a Naito match where Naito is in charge. And Naito can be sort of slow in how he does stuff, you know? And all his best stuff is usually, you know, when he's with other people and bouncing off them and stuff, in my personal opinion. So um, I, I still thought it was good, though. I, I, I thought he held up his end. I don't think he, he looked... He looked new, but I think there's plenty of upside about him. You know, I mean, it probably didn't help that he sort of dropped him a bit at the end, you know, when he went for that, like, elevated sort of um, Death Rider variation. He kind of couldn't... But whenever that sort of stuff happens, I'm kind of okay with it because it's like the exhaustion of the wrestler in the match. I mean, we just talked about how the three crown bomb literally came from that exact scenario, you know? Yeah. Uh, the the match itself was good. Like, anyone who said that it sucked is trying to be the all-or-nothing Twitter hot take machine and, and you're holding it him to a, to a, a standard match. like he may look like fucking tanahashi but he ain't tanahashi yet you know also the rig on this guy can we talk <laughs> i have a photo on this wall of me next to him when he's a little baby in a bar in tokyo and to see who he is now is unbelievable like the transformation that kid's gone oh, through absolutely and it's it's so funny because um he was over here during the pandemic and uh, he was, he was like, uh, he must have been eating the the fucking English food that I'm eating because he was looking puffy, yeah. you know. Yeah. And then like you see him now, and he's just like, no, no, I'm I'm still a shooter. Hold on, <laughs> ripped. You know, like I felt like it was night and day. Deal. I felt like I seen him. I'm like, okay, yeah, he's, he's kind of looking okay, just like a wrestler, you know, young lion, whatever. And the next minute, he's like the fucking most jacked fucking dude, and I'm like what has this kid been eating slash what's his workout regime looking like? Cause he's. Oh, he was, fucking... hang, he was hanging with Will while he was over here. Ah. Will was showing him, Will was showing him the ways. Yeah. Cause Will always references that trainer. He's got a friend that's a trainer that he swears by who like helps him plan all his meals and training and stuff like that. And so, yeah, he probably put him on that plan. Cause Will has sort of come down a little bit, you know, when he first like really became heavy, he was fucking big. And then he's sort of backed off a little bit now. Shooter looks like he's on that initial will diet, like the, the fucking yeah. the unit diet. Yeah. Oh well, it paid off. Yeah, he's he's an 
absolute he is fucking country strong right now he's just huge mm-hmm. boys yoked so um exactly. yeah no, i like shooter i think he's great yeah. um that was it the main event maybe as far as uh you know the story goes and where they're projecting uh that shooter will be yeah but, i mean they were they were carrying that story on commentary right they're like Oh, he's fallen short, but it's far from the end of the race. And, you know, he tried to stand in this main event spot with Naito and he couldn't really hold it up. And so, you know, that's the story they're telling. And I I like that because sometimes when everybody just wins everything straight away, it's not exciting. So I I think it's fine. No. No. And when you think about where Will is right now and the fact that he has – a year or under a year now, like, you know, 11 months or whatever to prove himself mm-hmm. and uh, prove what he can be for new Japan and who he can be for himself. Maybe it's best to have him not in the main event, you yeah. know? Yeah. You know, if, if he's just directly back in the main event, then he, he hasn't really proven anything at this point. He can make his way up in the world. You know, there's somewhere for him to go. So I think maybe it was the right idea to have him in the in the semi-main. Yeah, and I mean also as well, like it was like the opportunity to have Naito have that, you know, full roll call and him close the show. And I mean, Naito is the headliner, you know what I mean? So yep. the, the, you always see it, Naito comes out, the entire crowd's chanting, like people want to see him. So, I mean, he is the headliner and anyone who's there with him just needs to like get with it. And the other match that I want to talk about I mean, Catch 2-2 versus Doki and Kenamaru was great. Uh, Will and Taichi was great. Fucking Tomohiro Ishii and Zack Sabre Jr. for the TV title. Sick. Bro, the TV title is where it's fucking I at. love the 15-minute Two- time limit, bro. That's my fucking attention span right there. Mm-hmm. Two, two matches for the title. Two absolute fucking shows, right? Like the entertainment value is off the goddamn charts. You get fucking crazy punk rock coming out, fucking ZSJ with his blonde hair looking like an absolute fucking hoss. Tying Ishii in a knot. Ishii fucking hits him with a, a fucking clothesline from Prohibition <laughs> and just like. I love it. I love it so much. I can't wait to see Clarku versus fucking uh, ZSJ for the TV title. Love the promo. Oh, so good, man. I like, I line them up, line them up. Who, who wants a shot at ZSJ for this fucking title? I will be there, bro. Yeah. Yeah. I love what Clark's doing in that, that promo and stuff. His personality was just all over that thing. You know what I mean? Like that's what you want to be doing for a promo. And it's just like, he's that just done it himself, so DIY, fun. fucking let's go. And I think they're going to be awesome together. So, yeah, I'm really looking forward to that. Uh, notable mention, I, I did like TMDK um, versus Bishamon as well. I thought that was really cool. I think Mikey and Shane are going to be awesome there. I kind of thought they were going to win, but I don't think that story is finished yet. Um, I, I think we'll see TMDK with those titles before too long. Uh, it's funny in the uh, backstage comments. Did you see their backstage comments? No, after I the haven't loss? had a chance to see any of the backstage comments. So please fill me in with anything re- referenced or, I mean, sorry. So, uh, yeah, Shane and Mikey come back there and they're like, you know, we didn't win, but that was fun. And they were like, 
yeah, it was fun. Like out there kicking ass. We want to have more fun, you know, and there, it's very threatening. They're like, we're going to go have fun with every fucking tag team in this place. We're going to have more fun. And then we're <laughs> going to get our hands on Bishamon again. And it's going to be even more fun. And we're going to take their fucking titles this time. And, and that's when the real fun starts. And they're like, who else, who else can we have fun with? And they're like, let's go have fun. Let's go. Let's go. Uh, what did they say? I wonder what we can, if we can go get our hands on the GHC titles and shit like that. Yeah. Like, they're yeah. like uh, just crazy boys threatening everybody. And I fucking loved it. Yeah. That's sick. That's really sick. Uh, that's cool. I, um, the only match that I kind of like of prominence that I didn't see was Yo and Hiromu. Is it worth me turning it on? You're literally yawning right now. And so that probably. <laughs> I've been up since 5.30 in the morning and it is now 12.30 at night. Um, No, uh, yes, it was was good. Um, But you might be disappointed in it. I know you're not a fan of Yo. And um, I know that you you want to see something else from Hiromu. You want to see, like, Hiromu reach another level or... Yeah, I don't know, just something. He's just been a little bit flat for me because it's kind of been the same for a while. You know, so he's just kind yeah, of like a, was the least interesting option for me to win the title at Wrestle Kingdom. And then I'm not, a, like, I was almost like, I kind of hope Yo wins just so something different happens, like, was sort of where I was at with it. But but how was it? Do Like, after the match, were you like, no, Hiromu's the right one, that was really good, or did we see good fire from Yo, or what was going on? Um, It was fine. Like, I liked it. It was good. Uh, it was a little bit long for my taste, but that's okay. Like, um... It was a good. It was a good match. Um, you know I what I love him. to hear from I my do. wrestling. It was fine. Like <laughs> I would never watch this match. I was. Joke. <laughs> I can't. I mean, I was. I was all over the Zach and, and Ishii match. Yeah. Like that was. I. I think I just blew my whole wad there. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, absolutely. So but, yeah, it was. Yeah, it's it was good. It's fine. I wonder where that sort of division is going. You know, like who do you see? It does seem it does seem a bit lost in the weeds right now, doesn't it? Because like, you've got Hiromu back at the top of the hill. Yeah. Um. You know, where's everybody else going? Mm-hmm. Is Despy is Despy doing the uh, triple the, the never title thing? Okay, so it's not him. Is Watto doing anything right now? Is uh, you know Bone Soldier Bone Soldier doing anything right now? Is there going to be someone coming over from like you know the U.S. to do something cool? Like, what's the next step? Where's the next? Yeah, thing. Is it Kushida? Is it finally Kushida time? Yeah, you know. Well, I I mean, Hiromu does have that show coming up that like junior carnival or whatever it is where it's like juniors from all over japan from every promotion are in like a big tournament and mm-hmm. stuff and he's producing it so maybe he's got it kind of leading into that and then whoever sort of wins that tournament is his next challenger or something because i think that's you coming relatively soon you know who's in that tournament who l lindeman mm, that's good is alex zane in the tournament yeah. or is it just the Japanese uh, no i don't think so yeah, just okay. lindeman yeah, cool. Lindemann's a good choice. Lindemann versus Hiromu would be a fucking match I'd watch. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Just Pray watching Hiromu, like, come at like, a house of fire and just bounce off the wall that is Lindemann. <laughs> the tidy, tidy wall. Dude, he's, he's fucking thick and wide. Yeah. Like, he yeah. may be fucking four foot nothing, but, you know, 
he he may not reach the bottom of the tuna can, but he'll bust out the sides. <laughs> yeah, exactly right. Yeah, well, we will see. We will see. I don't know when that championship carnival thing is, but that's also something I wouldn't mind checking out. Another thing that got announced today that I cannot wait to check out uh, during WrestleMania weekend this year, the New Japan versus Impact multiverse of matches. Oh, yeah. I sent you that like, what the fuck is this? That is looking crazy. Exciting as fuck is what it is. The first match announced, just like Will Ospreay versus Speedball Mike Bailey. That is crazy. Ooh, Will Ospreay versus Speedball. I know. Kushida versus Josh Alexander. You got fucking Moose versus uh, Jeff Cobb. Yeah. Like, do you know what else? Uh, like, Trey Miguel was calling out Robbie Eagles for it. Oh, really? I was. Uh, I had put yeah. it into the universe. I'd like to see Trey Miguel and El Desperado, but Robbie and Trey would be sick. Yeah, dude, Trey Miguel's so good, man. Trey, Trey Miguel's calling out Robbie Eagles. I was like, that's going to get Ray fucking going. Oh, I hadn't it. seen that. I'm so fucking pumped to hear that. I'm going to look real fast at Impact's roster and see if I can come up with anything else I'd like to see. Sure. Vamp for me. Yeah. Um, well, they'll probably do something with like the Motor City machine guns, right? Because aren't they like... Motor City Machine Guns versus 2-2. Yeah, yeah. Because uh, aren't Motor City Machine Guns strong champs and impact champs? Like dual tag champ champions, I think. That's a that's a good question. They were when I last I looked know. anyway. But yeah, Motor City versus Catch 2-2 would be awesome. Um, I'm trying to think who else they've got that I would enjoy. Oh, they got Joe Hendry. Joe Hendry would be great versus someone... Like okay, so if they don't have Okada mm-hmm. on the on the show, a Joe Hendry versus Naito would be fun. Um, Joe Hendry's a very like savvy wrestler, yeah, and it'd be fun to see him versus another like Naito. Yeah, absolutely. That'd be great. Um, yes, Motor City Machine Guns are the Impact Wrestling Champions. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see here. Cardona and Myers versus TMDK would be wild. Oh. Sammy Callahan versus Tomohiro Ishii. Oh, that would be cool. Yeah, that would be sick. I'm into that. Zack Sabre Jr. versus Bubba Ray. Uh... Holy Ray. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if he'd be able to tie uh, Bully Ray in as many knots. He's, yeah, exactly. he's a big man. Um... I don't know the impact uh, was too well enough. Why don't we? Why don't we get something like Jordan Grace versus uh, uh, Kyrie for the women's title? That'd be a thing. Yeah, that would be a thing. When's Battle in the Valley? Because uh... <gasps> Masha, Masha's an impact, dude. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Masha Slamovich versus Kyrie. There we go. Yeah. Depending when Battle in the Valley is, though, uh, Mercedes may even be the champion by then. Oh, that's true. Yeah, that's very true. But you could do multiple women's matches; would be cool. And you could also do like a Mercedes versus Jordan. You or, could really, or, yes. or Marsha would be would be dope as well. Technically, like Yuya is on excursion in Impact. Yeah, so we might be able to see Yuya on this. Uh... Mm-hmm. Yeah, and which team oh, does he fall cool. on? Yeah, so there's there's lots of fun stuff there. Yeah, where where's your heart lie, buddy? Where's your heart lie? I mean, 
that'd be Japan, cool. obviously. But <laughs> but yeah, there's a, there's some yeah, cool well, stuff yeah. in there for sure. So yeah, I'm I'm pumped for that. I would just I woke up to that news and I was like, what the fuck is going on? Like this is crazy. Dude, have you seen like what's because you know last year it was like the speedball show during collective, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So like speedball came out and did like nine different matches over like six days or whatever and fucking had a had a time. Dude, his his week uh in collective this year, it's something like twenty eight hours. He's got a match with Kota Ibushi, Will Ospreay, and El Hijo de Vikingo. Jesus Christ. That's some in, in like twenty eight hours. Oh my god, he's gonna die. If you're listening to this and you haven't know, seen man, Speedball Mike Bailey before, he's he's crazy. Dude's nuts. I fucking yeah. love that guy. Mm-hmm. When you're a, a like shoot martial artist, I think it, it gives you a certain level of uh, ability and fitness. <laughs> Badassery. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. I can see that. All right. So should we should we preview this show that we've got coming up tomorrow? Yeah. What's on? Uh, what's on the Sapporo show? That's the that's the big uh, that's the big one, isn't it? Uh, uh, Osaka, yep. Osaka tomorrow. Uh, new beginning in Osaka from the Osaka yeah. Prefectural Gymnasium, and it is what we're we looking at here. First match, uh, it is Oscar Libe and Toriyano versus Aaron Hanare and Great Okan. Okay, I like uh, Oscar Leiba. Luba. You'd have to think it's not going to go well for him. Probably not. (laughs) Probably not. Uh, But yeah, so uh, a chance to see the old Hanare Okan team out again. Uh, Love that team. I do like that team. I do like it. Then the second match is Taguchi, Tiger Mask, Umino and Honma versus Bushi... Hiromu, Sonata, and Naito. So maybe we'll see some more uh, stern glances from Sonata here. Uh, my heart that doesn't make my heart skip a beat there. Really. No, it's so kind of boring. We can just move on. Yeah, yeah, exactly right. Uh, then third match: Master Wato versus Taiji Ishimori. Uh, vengeance for him costing him the title slash just sick of his bullshit. Um, how you feeling about like that? It. Yeah. I'm into it. Uh, I I'm the number one Watto maniac now. I don't know if you remember. I have the theory that Watto is not actually bad. He's been uh, faking being bad for you know however long, and now he's finally started to the gimmick. come out of. It's it's been his gimmick. His gimmick when he came back was to be a shitty wrestler. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, Nailed it. Now he's good. <laughs> Nailed it. Yeah. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Though I think there's something to be said, and we talked about this before, but I think as this show lays out, I think there's probably a pretty good chance that Ishimori is going to win that one. As as like a, it seems to be a very heavy Bullet Club show. So, and then fourth match is Tanahashi and Kenta for the first time since their Wrestle Kingdom match that put Kenta out. So Kenta's going to be looking for vengeance. Uh, and maybe an opportunity for him to get a win here. Can I tell you what a fucking shame it was that Kenta didn't hold on to that U.S. title for very long? Mm -hmm. Yeah, he was good. 
he was so great. Like that, all that work he did yeah. with the briefcase on strong, uh, you know, going through the G one with the briefcase, uh, chasing John Moxley being the first person to kick open the forbidden door mm-hmm. and show up on AEW dynamite. Mm-hmm. Like, man, like all that stuff just went to waste. At, you know, he got to hold that belt for like two weeks or something it was it was ridiculous kenta should have gone on a tear with that u.s title yeah um maybe he can start his road back to the u.s title now yeah exactly right then the next match never open weight six-man tag team championship match maybe house of torture have claimed that they're retiring the belts but it seems to be for them uh versus the new team of Minoru Suzuki, El Desperado, and Ren Narita. Now, I'm about this fucking team, eh? I'm about it in a big way. So, I don't know if they're going to win here because, as I say, it's looking like it's very bullet clubby and I feel like they may be gearing up for something coming up. But I would love it if they did, yeah? How are you feeling? What do you think the journey is here with these three guys? Do, these just three guys. Do you think it is them <laughs> winning uh, and being a team? Do you think it is losing and then that driving them closer together and then coming back for it in another defense? Or do you think they lose, they they fall apart through conflict and we're heading towards like Narita versus Suzuki? Um. It's either option two or option three. I don't think they're going to win. The thing is, like Narita's been saying in in post-match pressers, like he remembers getting his ass kicked by Suzuki as a young lion. He remembers catching, you know, elbows and stiff kicks for no reason. He remembers all that shit, and he doesn't quite trust Suzuki. So maybe, uh, you know, they have a match where things fall apart and they don't actually they don't actually win, but that drives them together. Yeah. Okay. And they make another run at it soon. Yeah. I, think I that mean, would, it, that would be a very satisfying story. You could have like Suzuki defend Narita in some way or whatever. And he's like, Oh, maybe he's not such a fucking bad guy. And I mean, Narita has been, I mean, Suzuki has been saying stuff to him. Like, you know who I am. You know, I've wrestled with all the greats. You know, I fucking have that in me. I'm who you want to be. Like I'm your final form and I can take you there, you know? So we'll see. I hope they stay together, personally. Like, I, I think there's a road to go. I don't think Narita's necessarily ready to be, like, a fully formed dude on his own. And, uh, yeah, I love this team. So, But, yeah, I don't think they're going to win. Yep. Uh, but if they do, I'm fucking stoked about it. Soon. Soon they will. Soon. But Soon. not yet. Yeah, exactly. Then, sixth match, loser leaves Japan. Now, this is... It's very interesting that this isn't like a, you know, higher on the card, I would say. Uh, I don't think Hikaleo is definitely ready for that, but, I mean, Jay is the former champion, and there's a lot at stake here. So which way are you thinking this is going to go, considering that we may be looking at a card where other members of Bullet Club are all winners, and after this match, you've got El Fantasmo fighting Tama Tonga for the Never title which is, a, you know, the I guess the third most important title in New Japan at the moment. How are you thinking this is going to play out? Gun to the earth. Gun to the earth. Aliens got the gun to the earth, and they say, pick a side. Mm-hmm. 
I can't. I don't know. I I don't know. And I love. I that. think it would be. I a, love that. That's the case. It would be much more satisfying for Jay to be shunned away, kicked out of Bullet Club, uh, go out back of to America. Yeah, kicked out of Japan. Go back to America and rediscover your roots and become the Jay White that we know you can be in the future. Like that would be, that'd be pretty cool. I mean, that this is going to be where it starts. Exactly. And I mean, you're talking about, you're doing, you know, you're changing the format of the way strong works. Ring of honor exists again. Uh, They're tying closer ties to impact, which is a show that he's been on They're you know, shoring up ties with AEW. There's a lot of work he can be doing in Japan. I mean, I mean, in America, and yep. that's where he lives. It's probably his preference. And there's an opportunity for them to go, okay, so the angle is he's completely booted out of Bullet Club and out of Japan. It's Loser Leaves Japan, not Loser Leaves New Japan. And then he sort of becomes the face of the American side of it. And there's also the opportunity here where there's somebody holding a title who he's beat before for that same title in America it's in AEW and Kenny Omega. Perfect. You can get that title off Kenny. Jay ends up being like the, you know, after a bit of redemption and things like that, you could have him like, you know, be the US champion or whatever. And there's things he can do there that he doesn't necessarily need to be in the title mix in Japan. So there's a very real case to be made that Jay leaves. And it also gives it a feather in the cap of Hikaleo. The other option is they don't care about Hikaleo. It's a Jay White thing. He's still going to be the winner of Bullet Club. Hikaleo gets booted. Who gives a fuck? And we move on. (laughs) Yeah, that seems like like everyone's expecting something big. And I don't know, man. I just... This would be a great time to pull the trigger on something big. But I I don't know, They're making moves at the moment. You know, with the... A Carter stuff and with the you know the potential of Sonata and the different things they're they're making moves so there's a real chance it could happen they could even swerve us they could have Jay win but then he could still get booted from Bullet Club like after Phantasmo's match you know what I mean like they could still yep. do do stuff so either way it's very very interesting and I I'm I'm gonna have have my eyes glued to this match in a way that I would never have had eyes glued to a Hikaleo or even a Che White match uh, in the past or maybe ever again. <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's definitely one that I'm interested in and I can't wait to watch it and find out. And it's, it's a road that we're going to have to walk down. It's going to take a while, but I think it's going to be worth the journey. Yeah. Uh, and then after that, like I said, it's Tama Tonga versus El Phantasmo. Are we, are we faced with a thing here where Tama yet again in his first defense can't get it done? Is this the story? Best rig in the business, but can't keep the title. Hmm. Um. It could be. Uh. That would actually be a really cool uh, story for him. And it's sort of poetic, right? Because he was part of all the Bullet Club bullshit from the start, and so how ironic that every time he comes up against Bullet Club, they just have his number and they just keep fucking him over. He's like, It's like karma, right? Like, I used yeah. to do this shit so much and then now look at me on the fucking outside of it and now I need to figure out how to pull it apart. 
and and then once he does he can start racking up win after win after win after win eventually down the road he can always find his way back to that belt win it lose it and then fucking build himself back up until one day he gets it he holds it and he just goes on a fucking tear Mm -hmm. like holds it for like 11 months or something that'd be cool I I love Tomatonga. I do love new babyface Tomatonga. I really hope that they don't pull any sort of swerve with him, like with him kicking Hikulea out or something like that. Don't go back to being a heel. Stay face. This is a great move for you. I love, I want to see where God can go. If they're going to do more with, uh, you know, a a storyline with, Tonga Loa when he comes back or something like that, you know, like I just I can't wait to see where where he's going. Yeah. So yeah. And then there's that other scenario where Tama Tonga wins and El Fantasmo loses. Is there the opportunity for El Fantasmo to get booted? Jay has won. We think nothing's going to happen. El Fantasmo fails. Then you know Fantasmo's booted out of Bullet Club. Like there's there's so many different sort of scenarios. There is, there's like four big scenarios coming from here. Well, five, you know, if you count, uh, does Bullet Club like run the night? Do they run the table? Uh, do they run the table and then Phantasmo loses? Do they run the table and Phantasmo wins? Do they, do they lose everything and then Phantasmo wins? Five, you know, he's the only one of Bullet Club that wins. Or do they lose uh, everything and then Jay wins, but then Phantasmo loses and Jay kicks him out? Like, <laughs> yeah. There's so many there scenarios. Could be anything. Yeah. There's so many different, and it's like maybe it'll just be another day. Yeah. Maybe it'll just be another day and where they, half of them win and half happens. of them don't, and then yeah. nothing happens. That's such a New Japan move. Like, <laughs> fucking no. And then they're like, imagine all these scenarios that could happen. What if we did nothing? That'll what really get them. That's that. That's their go to. Well, let me take you through. What some, if nothing? What if nothing happens? Uh Amy came up with a scenario the other day, which is not like her. She oh. doesn't think about things in the way that we do when it comes to really dissecting the wrestling, but it speaks to the kind of good work they're doing. And she said to me, she's like, so like Jay could get kicked out of Japan and there'd be like a new leader of Bullet Club? And I'm like, yeah. And she goes, what if it was Sasha Banks? And I was like, yo... Like she's pulling the strings and then she's got like Kenta and El Fantasma and all of them like her fucking lackeys and she becomes the new figurehead of Bullet Club. And it would, as the only female contracted New Japan wrestler, she could be on shows, coming out with them, the entire fucking squad. She doesn't need to wrestle in the ring against men, but she's very trained. She can get involved. She's calling the shot. She's cutting promos. What up? Holy shit, that would be fantastic. <laughs> oh my God. Nobody would see that shit coming. They're thinking Phantasma. They're thinking Kenta. Who have we got? What if it's a completely unproven scenario? What if it's somebody that nobody expects? Oh, man. Dude, Amy fucking rules. <laughs> it was awesome. I was like, I have never thought of this. My mind is fucking blown wide open. Yeah, I texted you about this the other day. I'm like, Amy just came up with an idea that's blown my mind and I'm saving it for the podcast. I love that. Oh my God, I love that. Stamp this. Stamp this and hold this just in case. Yeah. 
holy shit, dude, that would be so fucking cool. Mm-hmm. Wow, yeah. Amy, ten out of ten. Yeah, like and like not, her her really vibe, like Mercedes vibe, like would suit it. Like the CEO, like I'm the CEO of Bullet Club, like. I love it. There's something there. I love it. Something oh, there. Man. I mean, there's literally no hints about it, but uh, fan booking it, I don't, I don't hate watch it. watch fucking Twitter have a meltdown. I can't have a woman reading Bullet Club. Yeah, exactly. Oh. Sorry, nerds. We can. <laughs> That'd be so fucking cool. That would be cool, right? And then it'd be Boss Club shirts. <laughs> they would add, oh, no. Don't you put that juju into the world. <laughs> Don't you put that evil on but me. But they would money. they would print money with those shirts. Oh my god. So much money. I love this. I love this. And if that happens now, then when Battle in the Valley happens, you've got Bullet Club Mercedes versus Kyrie. And so yeah. then there's some bullshit and blah 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 protects Kyrie, like, you know what I mean? Like, set some shit up. I love it. I Start a stardom oh, bullet fun. club faction as well. Oh, they're talking about uh, stardom United uh, Empire faction. Mm, there you go. You know what I mean? They can start to blend in some of the factions a little bit. Bullet club, United Empire. Just four girls. To, yeah, just four girls. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah. I love it. TMDK. I love that. <laughs> yeah. That's cool. I love this. I love, God, my, like, I, I don't even know where to go with that. That's fucking great. Mm. It's good. Like, Curtis's face is lit up. He's very, I can see the cogs turning in your head. Like, this is a scenario that I never even considered. Oh, let's have it. Let's have it, please. Let's have it, In please. Just a few hours. If you guys have haven't it. thought of that, New Japan, you can have it. It's good. This is going to be on the audio clip on Instagram. This is a free. Yeah, get her in there now. Free. Uh, put Amy on the booking committee for <laughs> New Japan. Oh. Man. Oh, God. Oh, I, I just. Uh, there, there's that scene in Ghostbusters where uh, Lewis Tully, Rick, the great Rick Moranis, He's he's asked, you know, do you want some do you want something to drink? And uh <laughs> Annie Potts goes, Yes, have some. And Lewis Tully looks and goes, Yes, have some. And I just I, like you said, Sasha Banks the Bullet Club. And I said, Yes, have some. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so excited. Yes, have some. Yeah. That's oh, it. Man. I love these moments of the podcast when you get so excited and you've just you're staring into space and your little face is lit up and you're just like I never considered this before. Oh man. This is what fandom's about. Fantasy booking shit. Yeah. Fantasy booking <laughs> shit. All right. So Look at us. We well, never let's, do the fantasy booking thing. Let's live in that afterglow. Out of the water. Yeah, I know. It was fucking while nothing happens, literally nothing at all. Everything's exactly the same after Osaka. <laughs> Which is the good thing about New Japan because I never really truly get my hopes up because I can expect absolutely nothing to happen. So anything happening is good is a good thing. And so living in that afterglow of that idea, let's just jump over to the last match. IWGP World Heavyweight Championship match. 
Kasuchika Okada versus Shingo Takagi. Maybe, I guess the KOPW title is maybe on the line, but kind of not really because Okada's not into it, but Shingo is. So I guess, I guess the idea is if Shingo wins, he has both belts. If Okada wins, he's not interested in that piece of shit and doesn't want it anyway. I love I loved that interview so much where Shingo's like, I'll put my belt up on the line and Okada's just la lol nah, son. Yeah. Don't even worry about it. He was like <laughs> it's all good. I'm not interested. I can only love one belt and I don't need that piece of shit. Like even the piece of shit he created. KOPW was yeah. his fucking idea. He had the promos like, I've got this idea for a division. It's called KOPW. In his mind it stands for Kazuchika Okada Pro Wrestling. And he's like, and there'll be all these matches and there'll be all this stuff. Does it once goes, oh, this is already not going how I want. Pieces out and has never had anything to do with it. And then it comes all the way around back around. He's like, and now you could be the dual KOPW champion. He's like, nah. He's like, I want nothing to do with this. It's like, this was you. You did this. Yeah. I love the idea of like before a world heavyweight title match, you you show the lineage of the heavyweight title, you show the lineage of the intercontinental title, <laughs> and then you show like the dog cage match and like <laughs> shit like that. Oh, and it's like t- like slow motion turn in black and white of like Toru Yano and like fucking Tai Chi and, and the fucking the trophy getting stomped on <laughs> with like sad music. It's like color, and then when the trophy gets stomped on, it goes black and white. It goes whoa, <laughs> and then it's like dun, 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 and then the victorious presentation of that fucking piece of shit blue belt. Like God. <laughs> Christopher Nolan movie. Yeah. Like, it's just like, oh, da, da. Fuck. Oh, man, no. that'd be great. Yeah, so funny. I was just hoping that it would be a unification and then they would just never talk about it again. They would just like, yeah. it, it would like, they'd come out with the other belt and it would just be nothing. But here we are. Here we are. So there you go. What Do we have anything so, yeah. else we want to touch on? I, I am very excited about this show. I'm very disappointed that I'm probably not going to be able to watch it live, but I'm looking forward to watching it over the weekend. I'm definitely going to make time for it as uh, there's huge implications on this show. Huge implications. Huge implications for the future. Huge implications for New Japan as a whole. New Japan's fandom. Man, what a weekend we got coming up. Yeah, I love it. It's I'm, God, awesome. I'm, I'm still, I'm sitting here basking in the glow, dude. I really am. I really am. Yeah. Amy just knocked me on my ass. That's so fun. <laughs> I love it. Well, tell me. If, tell me this, right? So, obviously, okay. that idea has knocked you on your ass. You know what would also knock you on your ass? All your personal information being hacked and your entire Ooh. life savings being torn from you as somebody hacks your internet access, accesses your credit cards, and leaves your entire life in fucking rubble. What are you going to do about it, Curtis? Like what are you going to do? <laughs> well, what I would have to do is find someone who could help protect me online. Who is it? <laughs> NordVPN. Boom. The, da, da, da. the worldwide leader in VPN technology to protect you and everything you do online, your information, your passwords, your bank statements, 
speaking of Sasha Banks, the, all those things that, that can be protected online and need to be protected online. NordVPN is your hero here coming to you. The CEO of VPN Circuit. What the fuck was that? It literally <laughs> just popped up virus and threat protection, Windows, something or other. It's trying to fucking outdo NordVPN, but you're not going to do it. I don't even use you, Windows, because you're a piece of shit because I have NordVPN. It even ruined my joke where I was going to say NordVPN is the CEO of the VPN business, and you can bank on that. That's right. And what you can bank on is grabbing your exclusive NordVPN deal by going to nordvpn.com slash shorts to get a huge discount off your NordVPN plan plus one additional month for free. It's completely risk-free with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee. Money-back bank statement. <laughs> Have we driven home the Sasha Banks idea enough, do you think? I love it. We Mercedes have not driven it back enough. Monet. You'll save Monet by getting You'll NordVPN. The 30 day, 30 day Monet back guarantee. <laughs> NordVPN are just like, what, what, why do we have these guys associated with us in any way? Why do we do this to ourselves? Well, we haven't gotten the Raid Shadow Legends money yet. So, yeah. you know. We haven't gotten any money yet, but that's not why we do it. Why we do it is because we want to help the Okada Shorts listeners be safe online. Our our listener, (laughs) we did have uh, some some very encouraging words from a listener just the other day. Yeah, it was very nice. It was really cool. Our our first listener to reach out directly and be like, when is the next episode? It's been two weeks. And I was like, super glad you noticed. Where's my episode, assholes? (laughs) I was like... Thanks for noticing that we missed one. Appreciate that. Uh, we're recording Friday, so shout out to that that listener. I'm, I'm, you know what? I'm going to shout about. I'm going to get their handle here, and we are going to know exactly who it was. It's the positive pro wrestling fan. It's the dude who makes the uh, amazing uh, action figures. Is it? Where is his name? Well, the this particular. Is yes, it is. Yeah. Are correct. Positive, the underscore positive underscore wrestling underscore fan. Appreciate you, buddy. Thank you. Yeah, we uh, we were very, we were absolutely tickled by that. Thank you so much, um, Michael. Michael is his name. Thank you so much, positive pro wrestling fan and the positive wrestling fan. And um, hope you enjoyed the episode. Hope you enjoyed that fucking banger that amy just put out because shit holy cow that was awesome and um if you want to be awesome like the positive pro wrestling fan then you can uh give us a like or subscribe or shout us out on social medias or share this podcast with your friend if you really want to be awesome what you can do is donate to the countout network patreon which will go to help out all sorts of uh, wrestling podcasters do wrestling podcast things. You'll hear, you know, podcasts from uh, wrestling podcasters that are about wrestling podcasts that aren't about wrestling podcasts are about things like fucking D and D podcasts that are about things like we do, where we just kind of talk about our dogs and stuff. And um, not everyone has the money it takes to give us money, but if you want to help us out, that'd be the way to do it again. 
way to do it. There's but yeah, we, we're going to keep recording little extra bits and pieces for that, which is just like a, you know, a post-show or a pre-show, depending on what our life uh, dictates. And it's just uh, extra little thoughts and things like that. And we'll probably talk about other wrestling or anything else that's sort of going on in our lives. So if you care, if we live or die, feel free to check that out for a little bit of extra value. Yeah. Where do they find you on social mm-hmm. media, Curtis? Well, you can find me on social media at Eldestructo83 on uh, Instagram and the Twitters. You can also listen to my other podcast, the Throw and Dice podcast, where I talk about things like tabletop role-playing games, tabletop wargaming, D&D, Warhammer 40K, that sort of stuff. Uh, and uh, if they uh, enjoy your particular brand of whimsy, Rafe, where could they find you at? They can catch me at Faces Feels Cast. Uh, to check out my interview series over there. Still going strong. I'm at like, I don't know, 126 episodes, not including bonus episodes. You've like five episodes in the last week or so, haven't yeah, you? Yeah, guess what? There's a fucking another five or something coming before the Dude Wears My Ring show uh, that I am helping promote, which is really fun. So it's going to be Perth's first ever No Ring, No Holds Barred show in a bar that's right near my house. So yeah, I'm up to episode 127 uh, but I am recording three more podcasts today after <laughs> from you uh, to help get the guys out. I see Curtis's face, yep. And then I still You're need to do a couple man. more next week. But I want to give everybody a chance to, you know, dip into the lives of these wrestlers and see who's going to be performing in Perth. And it's really been helping. We've seen amazing ticket sales, better than we ever thought for like a Sunday night in Perth. Perth is a fucking apathetic place. We're all a pack of cunts. We Nobody buys anything in advance. It's like, a, I'll see if my friends are going and I'll rock up on the day type thing. We've sold a lot of tickets for a Sunday night show. So we're feeling very positive about that. So check out my links. You'll see everything for Dude Wears My Ring. That will eventually go to YouTube as well. Your boy's going to be doing commentary on that show. Uh, so I'm looking forward to that. Uh, and besides that, just uh, check out everything at Okada Shorts. Check out our link tree to see all our different things. And we're going to keep on keeping on, man. Thank you so much for listening. Do you have any final words, Curtis, or am I signing this mothery off? Uh, go fucking Kansas City Chiefs. Let's win this fucking Super Bowl on Sunday, bitches. Let's fucking go. Chiefs Kingdom, rise up. <laughs> okay, then. With that said, rate and subscribe, listen or die, keep it right, keep it tight, and most importantly, keep it what? Short. Hi guys, this is Lauren. This is Michael. And this is your Dose of Death podcast. If you're genuinely curious about the world of deathmatch wrestling, look no further as me and Mike have you covered on all things in the world of deathmatch wrestling, whether it's interviews, 
show reviews or everything in between. We have you covered on all things Deathmatch Wrestling, whether it's past, present, or future. And you're probably wondering where you can go support us. You can find your dose of death podcast on all major podcast platforms, especially along with the Count Out Network of Podcasts. And also, you can support us on the Count Out Patreon as we have exclusive content only on the Patreon for all of our listeners. We hope that you go listen to your dose of death podcast very soon. See you at the show. This has been a Countout Podcast.